Hello and welcome to the Hoop Collective Podcast. We talk about the NBA. Joining us from Houston, where he is um, going to be watching the Warriors versus... We're doing this Wednesday afternoon. Uh, no, Wednesday afternoon, yeah. Uh, this where he's going to watch uh, the Rockets play, play the Warriors tonight is Tim McMahon. Welcome back, Tim. Sorry we missed you last week. Yeah, thanks a lot. And I heard you were talking some trash about me. I mean, I'm not even your favorite Texan anymore. Jeez. No, we said you were our favorite Texan, no, and then Kurt Goldsberg was our second. No, backed off pretty quickly. I know I, I, I listened. You backed off pretty quick. I listened. <laughs> and uh, joining us in Boston is Jackie McMullen, our favorite Massachusettsian. How do you, what do you say that? Massachusetts Bostonian? I don't know. I'm not well, Boston, Bostonian. There, Actually, I'm in Boston today. I'm at the Video Link Studios. There, okay. there is a somewhat well, profane term for Massachusetts natives. Yes, there is. And I hear that. it from my New Hampshire relatives all the time. Just saying. <laughs> you do. It rhymes with... Uh, yeah. hmm, the term flagpole. itself is profane, flagpole. but the rhyme is. <laughs> I don't know if it... Flagpole. Rhymes with flagpole. Rhymes. There you go. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, well, speaking of uh, flagpoles, how about that Rockets defense? Whew. How about that? Was that good? Man, I don't really see the good. correlation. Yeah, uh, it's uh, you know, last year, if you want to kind of ease the concerns, they were a defensive disaster early on, and all they had to do to fix it was exile Carmelo Anthony and recruit uh, Jeff Bezdelic out of quote unquote retirement. Well, problem there is if they decide to exile the guy that they got fresh out of Oklahoma City. Well, Russ has several years left on a max deal. And uh, Jeff Bezdelic is on the Pelicans staff, so they can't recruit him out of retirement anymore. We're also terrible anymore. on defense, by the way. The Pelicans are... Yeah, he, I, I believe the Pelicans might be dead last. Or maybe it's the Santa Cruz Warriors that I'll see tonight. Um, but no, this is, is... so unnecessary. Such a gratuitous cheap shot. Now stop that. What? Right now. Injuries. What? I understand. That's why they're having to play... That's why the G League team's having to play the NBA schedule, because they've been decimated by injuries. Now... Look, these guys still might put up 125, 130 tonight. I mean, they, they just torched the Blazers. So, but the, the Rockets, uh, no Eric Gordon tonight either, although he's been really had a rough he's start to the season. But PJ Tucker can only guard one guy at a time. That's a problem. They need five PJ Tuckers on defense. And then, you know, then things might, might solve themselves. But Mike D'Antoni has never been known as a defense guru, to say the least. And I don't really know how, what he can do. You're talking about a lame duck head coach who the biggest problem I think is, hey, guys, play hard, play with effort. And I, you know, I don't think D'Antoni's capable of lighting that fire. Like, how's he going to do that? Well, Jackie, the, the Rockets last year, as was well known, they, they really didn't play the pace that they wanted to play at. And part of the sale on, you know, trading out Chris Paul for Russell Westbrook was it would help them play at more pace. And it's working. They are playing at a very fast pace. I think they're number one. They've gone from, I know we're still early, but they've gone from like Uh, middle. Yeah, they're right up at the top. Yeah. They've gone from, they were like middle of the pack to to at the top. They were 27th last year. Now they're among the 27th. They were 27th last year. I thought they were like 20. And so. That part is mission accomplished. The problem is part of the reason that they're playing at such a fast pace is because other teams get buckets so quickly. I was going to yeah, so say, I'm that's saying, exactly right. Yeah. So it's not really working think, that well. I would say not. I mean, you were right, uh, by the way, Tim. Their defensive rating 
lands him 28th ahead of only New Orleans and Golden State. Yeah, and, and Pace, uh, they're number two in the league behind the, the mighty Minnesota Timberwolves. Green. But uh, Pace isn't I don't know, a is problem. This? It's just they, they can't, they're not guarding anybody. They get backdoored to death. I mean, they are embarrassingly sloppy defensively. And, you know, and I do, I wonder about Capella, too. Capella's really kind of been in a, in a in a funk, and I wonder how much just the knowledge of knowing, hey, if Jimmy Butler said yes, I was getting shipped to who knows where. Uh, I wonder if he's just you know right mentally right now. Well, well, can't you say that about all of them? Like, how do you think Mike D'Antoni feels? Oh no, yeah, I mean, it's D'Antoni's a know, lame duck, and this is ex- you know Eric, Eric ex- Gordon, you know. He was in the same boat as Capella. Now, Gordon did get a contract extension. Um, you know, PJ knows he was getting dangled, although he's kind of the one guy who is really playing well right now for him. And he wanted a contract extension and didn't get it. True. Right. And, and, and that's, that's another thing that, that's simmering there. You know, with the exception of the Miami debacle, which you do have to wonder how much the South Beach flu was in, in effect on that, uh, on that Sunday, um, I feel like Russ and Harden has, has worked fine. You know, Harden hadn't hit a lot of shots, but he's not missing step-back threes that he hits at a good rate the last few years because Russ is on the floor. Um, but, man, defensively, it is just an absolute disaster, and there's no way that you can contend in the West if you're that bad defensively. Especially when you're you're also dead last in opponents' three-point percentage, which means you're giving up the highest percentage of three-pointers every game. Dead last. The, the yeah, teams now, are averaging, they're shooting 40%, 40.4% against the Houston Rockets. The, the next team in 29th place are the Timberwolves at 38.9%. Now, I think... It's I early. Think it, I know it's early, I but think, still. That's, I do think, I think Daryl Morey, his nerdy defensiveness, which mm-hmm. he's probably playing as, as good a defense as anybody right now in Houston... But I, I think he would say that there's going to be some regression there. <laughs> that so was a good one. I think he, I <laughs> think he might actually point to that number as, as saying, hey, small sample size fluke factor it here. Is. Teams aren't it going is. to keep shooting for now. But to your point, how much of that is just bad luck and how much of that is just, hey, they keep on getting really good looks. Well, Daryl gave an interview to The Athletic uh, where he said he expects this to be a top 10 defensive team. Uh, Is he, was that an, was he being earnest? Like, was that, does he honestly believe that? Um, You know, because I I talked to some scouts who who watched the Rockets last week. um, And the report that I got was, hey, Harden and Westbrook look like they really do like playing together. Like, yeah. it's not a – there's no issue there in terms of uh, personality. But the way that they play defensively and their kind of lack of seamless fit offensively, it's, an, it's, an, it's a hurdle to overcome. It's not necessarily impossible, but it's a hurdle. This guy was just saying, like, I just, I just don't know whether it's going to happen. I don't see a – I don't see any red flags like on the bench or anything like that. But he goes, I just I don't see a lot of stuff on the court that I'm excited about. Well, and and offensively, I, you know, I think the fluke factor with the three point shooting is working the other way there, where you've got both James Harden and Eric Gordon shooting in the twenties. Like, look, we've got several years of track record telling us that's going to get better, and they're still sixth in the league and 
an offensive rating. Often the the Rockets will score plenty of points. Like offensive fit with Harden and Westbrook, that to me is is way down the list of concerns. Fixing the defensive problems. Look, you know Westbrook's going to gamble. He's never been known as a great defender. I mean, Harden, we can talk about, well, he's great on switches in the post, but overall he's certainly a minus defender and, and gets caught watching the ball and backdoored and, you know, so on and so forth. Like, they they have one and a half good defenders in the starting lineup. And PJ's the one. Capella right now looks like about half of what he was in previous years. And so I just don't know, like, personnel-wise – you know, much less scheme than anything else. I just I don't see how they become like top ten. Man, if they're mediocre defensively, I think that's a win. I will say this: you know, Harden is averaging just under thirty-seven points. Um, he's not, as you mentioned, not shooting the ball very well. Um, he's shooting under forty percent overall as well. But he's getting to the foul line sixteen times a game, which is <laughs> right. Will Chamberlain level. Um, I don't know if he'll keep that up, but uh, one of the things that Tracy McGrady, who lives in Houston and uh, keeps an eye on the Rockets, has been talking about, um, both on the air and off the air with me, is he thinks Harden could approach averaging 40 this year. And he's averaging th- you know, just under 37, shooting 38%. What and 25% from three. Like, is, I mean, yeah, like, and I know this is a different, t- it's a different topic, but it would be would be something but, if he did that. But is that a byproduct of the fact that, yes, with when you add Russell Westbrook, because he only knows how to play at one speed, and if that isn't true, I don't know if there's ever been more true about a player that I've ever seen. So that means you're more possessions, faster pace, more possessions, but less efficiency. And that's what I you think know what, is the though, problem. I, with I, with, I really I, I don't. I don't believe that Russ's presence has anything to do with Harden's shooting struggles. I really don't because he's getting up almost 14 threes per game. And, again, like, are they tough threes? Yeah, they're, they're step-back threes, a lot of them, you know, with, with guys who, who are trying to contest. He's averaging 14 are, three-point attempts a game? Yes. Yes. Oh, my the, God. Like, I'm, but, I'm, but the, it's I'm, I'm going to the same. That. But those, those are the same shots. He's averaging 13 point. Dude, he averaged 13.2 last year, 13.6 now. The, the great trick for Harden is he gets to the line more than anybody in the league, and he gets up more threes than anybody in the league. Now, he's about a 30, right under 37% the last two years when he's getting up double-digit threes per game. He's 25% now. You have to believe... You know, again, these aren't tougher threes. They're all step backs. You have to believe that his percentages will rise. And, and if that's the case, I mean, I, I can't do the math off the top of my head because I didn't go to MIT and Northwestern like Daryl Morey. But if he's shooting <laughs> his normal percentages, he's over 40 points per game right now. Okay, so great. He's over 40 points per game. But is that really what this team needs? I mean, it, we're, we're talking about is, is Harden going to keep up putting up Pinball numbers, that's fine, but this team is well. Struggling. It's what, it's what they coach. need if they're going to if they're going to give up 158 points to opponents. <laughs> yeah, they but they, they can't, they right? Need. But they can't exactly. But they can't. They can't. And even D'Antoni, very early out of the gate here, is calling them soft. We're not playing as hard as we should. Like that's six games into the season. That's that's pretty concerning to me. I know they did it. I know you know you as you said last year, there was some things going on there, but. 
It just doesn't feel... It hasn't felt right from the beginning, you know? No. It was a dysfunctional summer. And then, you know, Very they, they moved on from CP3 and, 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 and get Russ, which nobody saw coming, but they pounced on that opportunity. But it's a... Like, there are some culture issues here. And I, you can't sit there and say it's on Dan Tony to solve it because what weight does he have as a coach in the, in the final year of his contract? It, it's on James Harden to set a tone. And right now, the tone he's setting on the defensive end is, is hey, don't worry. We'll, we'll get some buckets on the other end. Well, I mean, we can give up some backdoor layups. It's cool. I can't. I know I sound like a broken record, but I just can't overstate the opportunity lost last year when the Warriors were wounded. And mm-hmm. how about two years ago? Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, but and that one, you know, Chris Paul got hurt for sure. But yeah, last I year, understand. I just, I was like, well, this. I mean, I just remember sitting there thinking, you know, McMahon and I were covering the series. I was like, well, this is the Rockets' time. This is their moment in the sun. And they just let go of the rope so fast. I just, I was flabbergasted. And um, I'll continue to talk about it because I just feel like um, I feel like they're they're getting the penalty right now because it's hard to stay competitive um, in the West when all these teams are, are gearing up. You're only going to get your window's only going to be so big. But opposite uh, of the I spectrum, love Dan oh, go ahead. I was going to say I love D'Antoni's quote after that South Beach debacle when they were down 32 at the end of the first quarter. He said. We're not in trouble, but if we think we're not in trouble, we're in trouble. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that, that's, that's Dantoni logic too. It was very yeah, Yogi uh, Bearish and uh, Yogi Berra-ish. And I, it, uh, to paraphrase Yogi, uh, it gets late early in the Western Conference, so they better mm-hmm. figure this out soon. <laughs> Hello, no one is available to take your call. All right, so you know who leads the league, the NBA, in pace. We know that that's the Rockets and the Timberwolves. But guess who leads hiring in pace? ZipRecruiter. Of course they lead it in pace. Because everybody knows that hiring can be a slow process. But with ZipRecruiter, you don't have to worry about having to find candidates. The candidates will find you. ZipRecruiter finds them for you. That's who the most famous person on the internet, Cafe Altura's COO, Dylan Miskowitz, that's what he did when he needed to hire a director of coffee for his organic coffee company. Why don't we say the name of his organic? Oh, Al Cafe Altura, never mind. But he is having trouble finding that qualified applicant. So he went to the fastest paced option, and that's ZipRecruiter. He posted his job on ZipRecruiter, was impressed by how quickly he had those great candidates apply. He also used their candidate rating feature that filters applicants so you can focus on the most relevant ones. And that's how Dylan found his new director of coffee in just a few days. With results like that, it's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. See why ZipRecruiter is effective for businesses of all sizes. Try ZipRecruiter for free at our special web address, ZipRecruiter.com slash collective. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash C-O-L-L-E-C-T-I-V-E. All of our listeners are very smart. I'm sure you know how to spell collective, but just in case you don't. ZipRecruiter.com slash collective because ZipRecruiter is the smartest way to hire. Hello. No one is available to take your call. The other end of the spectrum, guys, is uh, the Lakers, who just came off a three-in-a-row yeah, road great. trip. Um, six and one. Their loss was to the Clippers on opening night. Um, their schedule has been favorable. That said, they, uh, they won in Dallas and in San Antonio, two teams that have Played been pretty well outside the gate, out of the gate. Um, 
I expected them to I expected them to be okay record wise because I thought their schedule was soft. Um, what has impressed me a lot is how good they've been on defense. And Dwight mm-hmm. Howard, believe it or not, mm-hmm. has been a big part of that. And the other thing right. that's impressed me, Jackie, is that um, LeBron and Anthony Davis are still very early in their process learning to play together. You watch them. You can see their sort of touch and going it. And yet they're still both putting up great numbers and playing well. I don't think they've touched their uh, full potential yet. And those two things, to me, more than the record, are positive trending signs for them. Exactly. And especially defensively. And, you know, it's funny. Uh, I watched the, the Bulls game last night, and everyone was talking today about the, the, the bench, you know, winning it for him in the fourth quarter, Kyle Kuzma going nuts. No. LeBron James won that game for them. And he won that game for them because in the third quarter when they were banging around, they couldn't get anything done, and the, the lead was climbing a little bit. And, you know, it would have been easy, right, to throw in the towel on the road at the end of a trip that was already very successful and just say, yeah, all right, this game's lost. LeBron just refused to let them do that. This is the LeBron James. I said this on Around the Horn today. This is the LeBron James I love. That guy was playing his tail off. He was hustling back on defense. He was throwing the ball around, keeping everybody involved. He's the reason they won that game last night. Not, not the fourth quarter bench mop. It was him because of the tone he sets. And when he plays like this, when he's engaged like this, and he is engaged with this team, and makes the commitment defensively, which he is clearly doing, they're very, very, very scary. And we all knew this was going to be the LeBron revenge tour, right? We all knew the scorched mm-hmm. earth business was coming and the, the washed up king. And it, there's yeah, nothing better for elite king. athletes to, right. There's nothing better for elite athletes to do than invent, um, enemies and doubters. It's great. It's the greatest thing ever. And yet I don't think all of them were invented. I think there were some people that thought LeBron's best days, uh, were, were clearly behind him. My issue with LeBron last year, as you guys know, was he wasn't engaged. He was disengaged from his team when things went bad. So I guess we still have to see when things get bad. Because he was trying to true. trade half that team. And he got the guy right. they were try- he was trying to trade him for. Right. He, he it, was able it to sure finally get it done yeah. over the summer. It sure doesn't feel that way to me. It feels like a team that everybody understands exactly what's required of them. On the broadcast last night that I was watching, you know, they were talking about the, the elite defense. I mean, the only team that's playing better defensively are the Jazz. And mm-hmm. they, they brought up a point which, guys, I had not thought of. There are six former all-defense def- players on the Lakers. LeBron, Anthony Davis, Rondo, Avery Bradley. I'm, I'm doing this off the top of my Dwight head. Dwight Howard. Dwight Howard. And who's my sixth one? Rondo. Did I say Rondo Alex, Alex Caruso. It's not Alex Caruso. <laughs> hey, Alex who Caruso, who, Wait, who dunked it on Maxi Kleber's Rondo. head. Did you say Danny Green? Danny Green, Danny Green, thank you. There you go. Danny Green. So they have yeah. six all, former, you know, all defensive, one level or another, players on their roster, which is pretty incredible when you think about it. And, yes, some of and them aren't in their prime anymore. But defensive is an instinct. I've always said this. Defense is a, it's, it's a wish, not a prayer. Defense is an intentional skill. An intentional and it's a skill. commitment. And LeBron, for, right. for years during the – for however – I don't know. You could, you could probably tell us – Wendy, exactly when LeBron decided to check out defensively during the regular season, but he is when he fully, came back to when he when he came back to Cleveland, right? He is fully committed right now, and 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 you know, it, like you said, Jackie, it's that scorched earth revenge tour. Hey, didn't make the playoffs last year. It was embarrassing. You know, he got hurt. It was dysfunction. It was a disastrous 
season, but man, he is fully locked in, and in year 17, I mean, maybe that dude's lost a step, but my goodness, like, there was, when when they came through Dallas, he had one play where grabs the rebound, just freight train in transition, like guys are bouncing off him, goes up, slams it with two hands, like the only the only defense the Mavericks had there was Rick Carlisle screaming at the ref to tee him up for hanging on the rim. I mean, he is just still an absolute physical freak, and he's at, like, the peak of his mental powers. Dude's leading the league in assists by, you know, a, a, a decent margin, and part of that is because he does have some natural chemistry with with AD, and you can only assume that's going to get better. And then I, I will say I've got to take a mea culpa uh, you know, give give me a mulligan on my Dwight Howard needs to go to the big three to to have any success on a basketball court again. Opinion, because Dwight Howard, to his credit, and several years late, but to his credit, understands exactly what he has to do to help a, an NBA team win now, and is fully committed to being a defender, a rebounder, a finisher, a role player. And the only guy in the league with a better raw plus minus right now than Dwight Howard is LeBron. I mean, LeBron, Dwight yeah. has D- Dwight's a legit sixth man of the year. Well, sixth man in the first couple weeks, candidate at least. He's yeah, been he yet. has been a dominant role player off their bench. So uh, yeah, really Dave has. McMenamin did a story a couple days ago. This was before the Bulls game, but he had some interesting defensive stats on LeBron um, that ESPN Stats and Research uh, Statute Info came up with. Um, so last season. Uh, and I don't know what they define as contesting, but I think if you've watched mm-hmm. him play, you'll agree with this stat. This will just verify what you're watching. Last season, he contested 54% of the attempts against him. LeBron um, was a league, one of the league leaders last year, and a guy uh, got the ball, and he was he was not within arm's range. He just didn't he just didn't even effort make an effort. Um, last year, he contested 54%. This year, contesting 70%. Um, through the first uh, six games, the average field goal attempt against him was 17.6 feet. Last year, it was 15.6 feet. Now, that's a highly variable number, but again, it sort of it backs up, um, you know what, uh, you know, you know what you're seeing, and and his opponents um, uh, opponents' points per play when he's a primary defender has has um, dipped a little bit as well. So um, there is some advanced stats that support what um, what you're seeing. And um, this is one of the things that you could tell was a factor from the beginning of the season. Um, I wrote a story leading into the first game that said one of the biggest things that was in, important for the Lakers this year was whether they could get LeBron to play elite defense again. And Anthony Davis on media day challenged him to make the all-defensive team. I don't know if that's going to happen. But he has made the all-defensive team in six years. Um, and I think the last year he made it, it was kind of on reputation. And so um, getting LeBron to play any sort of level of defense, and granted we are early, he's got to maintain it, it's a game-changer. Because, yes, he's about to turn 35, but he still physically is an imposing player at the defensive end of the, cor- uh, the court, Jack. And they also no, have really the luxury... They, they have the luxury of kind of putting him in positions to where he, he doesn't have to guard the best player. He can get maximum effort, you know, and and and, and be a, a help defender a lot and not have to play. Uh, you know, if they're starting Avery Bradley, which, you know, we'll see how much longer that is, but he's going to guard one of the best players. And they brought Danny Green in there to space the floor and guard the best wing. 
So it, it's not like LeBron has to, you know, when they play. Uh, well, they don't have anybody matters. to handle Kawhi. <laughs> right. But, uh, but, you know, when they well, play you know matters, funny, though. he's not guarding Luka, you know, so on and so forth. And, you know, we talked so much, didn't we, before the season started about how who is ever going to score against our friend Andrew Hans, Los Angeles Clippers. Defensive rating of 106.1 game, again, early, as opposed no to the George. Crosstown Lakers well, uh, 97.9. That's why I said it's early. I'm man, just saying. No. Let, let, let Paul George give him a couple weeks to chip off some rust, and let's let's evaluate the first full month of Paul George when they've got Agreed. Pat Beverly and two all-world defenders on the wings. And then I still think the Clippers are going to be pretty tough on that end. I agreed, but isn't it fun to poke a little fun at Andrew the Han once in a while? Yeah, and it's true. <laughs> no, I mean of the things, of the things to poke. <laughs> we didn't ask you fun at him. Like the Clippers are way down the list. I mean, we can start off with the hammer pants and man bun if we want to go there. Oh boy, here we go. Andrew's wearing his pink pants today, salmon pants today. Salmon. Um, yeah. So you, um, McMahon mentioned that LeBron's averaging over eleven assists a game, leading the league. This I is think crazy. Yeah. Nothing would make LeBron happier in the regular season uh, than to average a triple double. Uh, he would never say it because you know he's got that whole well, "I don't care about stats" thing, but he cares about yeah. stats. And I don't. By the I'm, way, the, the Wash King thing was retweet, a retweet of uh, it was a quote tweet of him putting up three straight triple doubles. Right. To your point. Right. Right, so like, I'm not I'm not saying that that's feasible or whatever. Although I, I always the assist thing has always been the hardest for LeBron because you know yeah. you, you can control rebounds though? and scoring. He he's never gotten nine rebounds per game in the season. He's right, he's gotten over rebounds. nine assists. Yeah. Like the, he's going to get the assists. It's the rebounds, and he's at eight points. Well, if right LeBron now. made it a priority to get ten rebounds a game, he could do it. <laughs> well, except yeah, for remember now, he's got Anthony Davis. Those are like instant assists. He's never had a yeah. teammate that gets him assists as quickly as this, and that includes yeah. Dwayne Wade. I'm not saying that Anthony Davis is a better teammate than Dwayne Wade, so not let's not blow that up. I'm just saying throwing well, the ball in the post to Anthony Davis is, is an easier assist than Yeah, or or throw up the lob, run the pick and roll. I right. Mean, That's what I mean. Know, there's a lot yeah. of a yeah. lot and of when easier he, ways when he for played him. with Kevin when he played with Kevin Love, he wasn't you know, his mindset wasn't really to make love the focal point of their offense. He actually, no. at one point, said, we're going to make Kevin the focal point of the offense, and almost nobody laughed harder than Kevin about that. Um, <laughs> but, um, you know, you know, he, he was, you know, he, he could have, he was well-suited to play pick-and-roll with Kevin Love, but they didn't, he wasn't as invested in in um, making uh, somebody else leading scorer as as he is now. But even that but, though is, is is pick and pop, whereas AD there's going to be a lot of pick and rolls where you just throw the ball up above the square and let him go catch and, and hang on the rim. Yeah, they had a couple of plays last night where the Bulls were just helpless in the pick and oh. roll. Like they just they did not have the personnel to handle it, and they did not have the quickness to handle it. And that's what I'm right. saying. Like I, like well, they got you, overwhelmed you know, too, Brian. They were just a young yeah. team. Why didn't Boylan kind of time out during that run? That's what I want to know. He had a strange answer for that, but it's a um, situation in Chicago. We talked about a couple of days ago, and uh, Andrew Hahn shut me down. He was tired of talking about the Bulls, but um, <laughs> on I, I think uh, on we go. The, the, the Lakers. For, I think if you look at the Lakers, I think it's the first 17 games. I looked at when the schedule came out. That their first seventeen games, I felt, were pretty favorable. I think they only had 
one what I call true road game because I didn't really count the opener in Staples Center as a road game. Um, they only had one true road game in that first 17 that was against a team that made the playoffs last year, and that was the game in San Antonio, which they won. And, and, and even although the Lakers' I, road games, they're like bowl games. I mean, it's like, like in Dallas, it's it's close to 50-50. Even San Antonio, I mean. I couldn't it's, it's believe like how loud 50, the Lakers crowd. fans were in uh, Chicago last night. Chicago yeah. now. We're not talking about Sacramento. Chicago, like the Laker fans took over that building. Um, so I was thinking, you know, boy, wouldn't it be at the start of the season? I was thinking, boy, wouldn't it be great for them to maybe go, you know, twelve and five in that run, take the pressure off Vogel, you know, get out early. Um, the way they're playing now, because I think they play six of the next seven at home. Um, the way they're playing now, you know, if if they keep this up, they could they could hit that seventeen game mark, you know. 14-3, 15-2, you know, whatever, you know, they, they would, they could be in great shape, um, for when their schedule toughens up. So, and, um, and, and by the way, you mentioned Vogel just real quick, as much as we talk about, Hey, they've got all these guys with all defense pedigrees, so on and so forth. Vogel's got a, uh, you know, he, he's got a history of being a pretty dang good, uh, coach on the defensive end too. So I, I think that's sure. probably a factor as well. Yes. No, no question. So we talked a little bit ago about um, Harden's, you know, a little bit down shooting. Um, A lot of bit down, just a small sample size. Okay, well, we're we're still in small sample size across the board, but there's a handful of star players out there who are having rough starts to the season, all right? Um, Now I'm going to go over some of them here, and you guys tell me whether you're worried about this guy or not. So... Nikola Jokic is one of them. Now, Jokic's field goal percentage is, he's at 46%, but he's still, he was over 52 last year, so he's way down. Mm-hmm. His rebounds are down, his assists are down, he's averaging like five and a half fewer points a game. He has got, you know, he's had, his fouls are up, his coach has been, you know, barking at him. Um, you know, Jokic, uh, you know, he, I think it, one of his biggest challenges is to, is to really make, what he's doing, uh, the most, you know, the, the, you know, I think f- the fire to burn is a the the fire within is an issue for him. I um, think the calories to burn is an issue with him. <laughs> he's he's not yeah. in good shape. I mean, I'm not look. I know he was on the cover of Men or what it was Men's Health or some Muscle and Fitness magazine in Serbia. But I was talking to uh, a scout last night, and that's the first thing he brought up is look, he's never going to be just sleek and cut, but he's bigger. And he's he's lumbering. It's just a fact. He he is lumbering right now. He's not moving well. Well, he's never going to be a salad eater, as Shaq would say. Shaq always <laughs> says some guys just get to the weight room, they're salad eaters, and they immediately grow muscles. So he's never going to be that. But I think one of the biggest problems Denver has, um, and it, it's related to Jokic, Brian, is they um, they they don't pass the ball the way they did last year. I think I saw a stat the other day. They're like 28th in potential assists. That's bad. Mm. That's bad. Mm. And Jokic is, you know, last year was often the hub of how they ran their offense, whether it was the two-man game with Jamal Murray and one of the rarest two-men, big-man, small-man games I've ever seen because it would be just as possible that Jokic was picking for Jamal Murray as Jamal was picking for Jokic, right? And, you know, he was a guy that that was a, a facilitator for that team. And uh, he's turned the ball over a lot. 
I don't know if this has anything to do with it. He did, uh, we know, play in the World Cup for Serbia. I don't know. Terribly. He needed some rest. Terribly. What's that? Yeah. He was terrible right. by so his standards, he, and he was way out yeah, of shape in that, too. Right. Mm-hmm. So, um, By the way, did so you see the cut that Paul Millsap got on his forehead? 11 stitches. I think it was three oh, different and it's, cuts. It's, I think he's going to have like a Harry Potter scar. I hope he had a plastic surgeon yeah. do those stitches. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so and the other thing is, when ahead, you get Jackie. tired, right, but when you're not in shape or you're not, you know, and I, you... Uh, you don't go to the basket as hard. You settle for outside jump shots, and that's also what Jokic is doing. And I know he can shoot the three. I get that, but you know they were. He was great going to the rim last year, and uh, both you know that team in the paint made, did a lot of damage with Millsap because you mentioned him, and uh, they're not doing that either. So they got some problems. Okay, so next up, Mike Conley, thirty-two percent overall, twenty-eight percent on three. Averaging almost three less assists per game. Now, granted, it's a, you know his his role's a little bit different. Yeah, um, and is and not and, as worried. In Quinn's go system, ahead, the, it's it's the the point guards not you know, like his assists are going to go down in that system just because it's a very you know share the ball blah blah blah. Plus, um, Mitchell's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. Yeah, yeah Don, and 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 by the way, Donovan Mitchell is playing out of his mind right now. Like if if Donovan wasn't spectacular, they'd really be struggling. Um, but like Conley, he, he's just not comfortable, and he's he's he admitted, you know, and I was when I was out there, he had his one huge game. So when he had the twenty nine points, he had eighteen in the third quarter against the Clippers without Kawhi. I just, you know, it was like his finally, hey, Mike Conley's arrived in Utah, but then he, he hadn't followed that up, and you know, it's new surroundings, new system, you know, new teammates, all of that, and. I, I think Conley, his personality is also he's going to try to fit in. He's going to be unselfish to a fault where he just needs to play. He needs to be aggressive and kind of let things, you know, let the chips fall where they may. But I think that can happen, Tim, don't you? I mean, I, mm-hmm. I think it, I, you know, I looked up, I looked up what he did last year. Because I thought I remembered him struggling to start last year, and he did. He yeah. was shooting 35% mm-hmm. from the floor after the first 10 games last year, too. Some, sometimes guys, you know, come in slow. And I, I do think a, 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 a new system, a new bunch of teammates, you, you've addressed, you know, trying to fit in, wanting to make sure, especially as a point guard, that everybody's getting done what they need to get done. We saw a little bit of it with Kemba when he first arrived in Boston. He had he struggled a little bit the first, and a little bit in the preseason, and definitely the first couple of games to open the season. Everybody's, you know, can't wait to see Kemba Walker, and I'm sure it's true. This was true in Utah, too. And you, and you go to the arena, and he puts up a shot, and everybody holds their breath, and, ah, uh, it doesn't go in. And everybody, then you come down the next time, ah, uh, it doesn't go in. And then I don't care how great you are, how great a player you are, you, you start pressing a little bit because you want to impress this new fan base. You, you're going to be a huge part of it. They're counting on you to do great things and to elevate them to another level. So I just believe... Mike, Mike Conley's been a, a really, really... He's the best player ever not to be an all-star, right? And uh, I believe that this is all going to come around for him. He's never yeah, been a I high percentage in. shooter. He's never been a high percentage shooter. He's a 43% career shooter, I think. 44%, something like that. He's never going to be a high percentage shooter. But he's just too good not to sort of find his way. At least that's, right. yeah. that's how I feel I about believe it. In the, I believe in the dozen-year track record over the two-week struggle. For sure. Exactly. Fair. Okay, and, fair. That's and, what you said. And, and I still I still think that he's going to end up being a perfect 
fit as a backcourt partner for Donovan Mitchell, understanding that Donovan is the go-to guy on that team, but Conley can, you know, can facilitate. He can play off the ball. He can take some pressure off of Donovan. I do think what Conley really has to to, to figure out is that the, the timing and rhythm of that pick and roll dance with Rudy Gobert. He's a dozen years playing with Mark Gasol, who is, Hi. you know, obviously a, a, a great center. But a compl- like you could not get a more polar opposite pick and roll partner going from Gasol to Gobert, and they've got to figure out that that rhythm and that dance. And you know, they Rudy's starting to grumble about not getting enough lobs and all that. They you know, it's one of those things. Rudy, where is he's averaging. Really? Is that yes, true, Rudy? Yes. Yeah, he, Rudy. he talked to the Salt Lake uh, Tribune the other day and starting to grumble. And Rudy is one of those guys who. He takes great pride on, you know, being a dominant defensive player and a one, but he also wants recognition. Not being an all-star well, has wounded him. He's been very blunt and honest about that. And it's one of those things where you got to kind of, you know, you got to kind of feed him to keep the him at, at peak the beast energy. To pay. Do yeah, doing all the dirty work stuff you pay him to do. You know, so, he, he's got to so get So Rudy shot Rudy shot 67% from the field last year. He was the highest field goal percentage in the league. Um but Seven games in, seven games, okay? He's averaging yeah. almost three fewer shots a game. Yeah. Which oh. means he's getting six a game. He got nine right. last year. He's getting six. Sure. Um, uh, he, and he, he, you know, he had he, more dunks he, than they've started tracking the stat in, in any season. He had more dunks last year than anybody's had. He, he, can, be, he can be a premier yeah. pick-and-roll finisher, but yeah. he has to not get frustrated, and he has to just feel like – Set good screens, which he's leading the league in screen assists. Roll hard every time, and that stuff will work itself out. He, the worst thing that can happen is for Rudy to start really worrying about the stat sheet. And and I know this is well, something I, that that coach. I don't have the quote in front of me. I don't. Man, have the quote he can't in front be counting shots. That guy can't be counting shots. His shots, no. by the way, aren't going to Mike Conley. They're going to Donovan Mitchell. And well, I don't know if he's counting shots, but I think he's like it's got to be more than six. <laughs> I think is what he's saying. Yeah. Um, and, and Rudy, um, you know, Rudy felt like the additions that they made this this season really opened up the floor with Bogdanovich with Conley. He felt like as effective as he was as a, as a you know finisher last year, uh, especially with, in the pick and rolls. He felt like there was going to be more opportunities. And again, he he can't get impatient. He just has to play his role, peak energy, and let let the numbers you know work themselves out. And and he was coming in off of really playing well in China. You know, they won the uh, the bronze, uh, beat the U.S. He was great. So he was sort of the inverse of Jokic. All right, so the next guy, speaking of coming to a new team and a new situation because he um, just became a father, Jimmy Butler. Now, he missed three games because of the uh, paternity list. Um, we're talking about really small sample size here. Nonetheless, so 35% from the field, uh, 23%. Uh, on threes, his rebounds and assists are up, and he's leading the league in steals. He's averaging almost four a game, so it's not like he's playing poorly. Um, this to me feels like maybe just a just a blip, but he is only shooting thirty five percent, and his scoring has plummeted significantly as well. So I don't know. And if the he, Heat are one of the the Heat are also one of the most pleasant surprises in the league at five and two. So and by the way, we just we talked about the Jazz. It's not like they have a losing record. Um, but no, yeah, no, and they play a tough but schedule, the, very tough schedule. It, yeah, and and so I mean, with Jimmy, 
you know, the dude's averaging six and a half assists. Like you, like you mentioned, he's playing great defense. I mean, he's a plus-minus machine right now. He's, you know, plus 10.5 per game. That's while not shooting the ball well. If anything, I'm, I'm looking at that and saying, man, he's going to shoot the ball well, and, and they're winning right now and, and really playing good basketball. Yeah, and, and don't you think, just knowing Jimmy, that he's probably forcing the issue a bit at times to be the guy that's going to hit that shot at the end of the game? You know, you know the only thing I'll say, he's only taken 12 shots a game. Right. But, I mean, he's going to take. He's going to want to take big shots. And, I'm, you know, if I'm, yeah. if I'm the Heat, once he settles in, I'm going to want him to. There was a reason Embiid called him the closer on his team. And, uh, you know, the Heat's been just such a fun team. They've been one of the most fun teams to watch because of all the – the backstories, I think we talked a little bit about it last week with Tyler Hero and Kendrick Nunn and Duncan Robinson and all these guys. They've got like seven players in double figures. They're, uh, they're, they're an interesting team to watch. And I, I expect Butler to settle in. Again, not a guy that's ever going to be a you know, 50% career shooter. That's just not who he is. Uh, you know, I think the fact that he's only taking 12 shots a game, I would want him to take more. I don't know about you guys. I would want him to take oh, more. Yeah. And, and, and yes, trust me, still you early. have to encourage him. He will. Yeah. He will. Yeah, and, and, and But he is. He's making plays. I mean, again, four games for him. But six and a half, he's never averaged more than, uh, you know, I guess one year in Chicago, he averaged five and a half. But, I mean, he's they've got guys who can knock down shots around him, and he's getting them the ball. Well, and they're a defensive um, team. They're a defense first team. I mean, that's just who they are. So Here's a disappointing team. A disappointing player on that team so far. Um, Drew Holiday with the Pelicans. Shooting just 37%. That's 10 percentage points down. Now, he has missed a little bit of time. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 1-6. and six. With a knee, yeah. Um, yeah. So I don't know how it's affecting him. Only he knows how it's affecting him. His his assists are, are, are all down almost to a game. Um, his scoring is down 7 points a game. Um, you know... It's hard to evaluate that team to a certain extent. They've got one of the worst defensive marks in the league. It's you know you could sort of look at his individual stats and they're not bad. He's like he's leading the league I think in deflections, so he's still working on defense. It's it's kind of surprising. I thought that they would be pretty solid defensively with um, Lonzo and Drew because Lonzo. Lonzo, like when Lonzo got hurt last year, the Lakers went from being a top ten defensive team to like they they plummeted down. Um, Lonzo's a pretty good defensive player. So, um, but but you also thought that Derek Favors was going to be anchoring that defense, and he's been banged up. He's only played four games. He's he's not played a lot uh, lately, and you know he's not he's not playing very well. He's he's dealing with some knee problems himself, and so I think you have to uh, consider that. And then offensively, I mean uh, Brandon Ingram. Has been absolutely spectacular, but he's you know he's a guy who he's got the ball in his hands a lot and he's creating a lot of his own stuff and I and I wonder how much that's affected Holiday's rhythm. Yeah, Brand, uh, you know Brandon Ingram has known only bad teams. <laughs> he's, <laughs> he's 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 his scoring average has, has gone up and up and up and he's just he's always been on a you know his teams frankly has always always been bad. Um, he has not been a part of winning team yet. Um, Shooting so, 55% uh, from the floor, though. It's pretty good. Yeah, look, he's it's been very impressive. 48 from three. But, um, yeah, he's been, you know, he's, been, he's been fun to watch. I mean, i, I got to figure that Holiday. I mean, Holiday has a long track record. and uh, But I think the expect, you know, last year he arguably had the best year of his career uh, offensively. Um, so 
um, I, I have to assume that that will that will equal out. But it's just it's just been a dis- it's it's been a disappointing start. Um, one last guy here who's um, been part of, uh, of a disappointing start. Um, the the machine's machine, Kevin Pelton's um, prediction machine. Um, predicted that the Magic would be have the third best record in the East. They are two and five. Yeah, they're so and, uh, yeah. Nikola Vucevic off that big contract, shooting just forty one percent overall, nineteen percentage on three. Now he's had a couple of just woeful shooting games, and uh, you know he was four of fifteen, for example, last night. Um, so early in the season, you know you have a really bad shooting game, and it'll tug your average down. He has a great yeah, one to pull it up, it. but. Um, he, he, he was, he did have an ankle issue and he missed some time in the preseason, but his rebounding is also down a little bit as well. Um, part of an overall disappointing, um, you know, that team's playing at a very, very slow pace. There's almost playing a different score. era of basketball. They can't score. They're, well, they're he's got to be the guy eyeballs. who scores for him. Yeah. They're last in the league. They're, they're so hard to watch that I came down to Houston to avoid them in Dallas so I could watch the freaking Warriors G League team. <laughs> well, I mean, he's not the only one struggling. Gordon's struggling, too. Aaron Gordon is struggling. He's not shooting the ball well. Uh, it, Dude, you know, their, it's not their just offensive rating is 95.3. They're dead last. Yeah, they're dead last. They're dead last in, in true shooting percentage, effective field goal percentage, pretty much every offensive rating you can think of. Of course, the flip side of that is... You know they haven't played defense this well, and I don't yeah, know. Yeah, no, they guard. But I, where so were they, they in Zach know. Lowe's uh, league pass rankings? Because they had to be <laughs> dead last. I mean, they're dead last in mind. They they really are hard on the eye. I like watching Markel Fultz, so I want to see what how how he does. So yeah, I'm watching him because I yeah. I like watching him drive well. to the basket. I don't like watching him shoot. <laughs> well, I just I just well, want to see what's going to happen with him. That's all. I find him a curious, yeah, I, interesting. That is, there's some um, curiosity person. there. By the way, real quick before we go, um, I remain incredibly fascinated by the James Dolan versus Steve Ballmer wars, um, yes. la- you know, which is over the arena that they, that Ballmer wants to build and that Jim Dolan but owns. It's sure not forum. on the court. <laughs> That's true. Mm. And um, so last week, just as a real quick update, because I, I feel like I'm like holding the banner up for people to watch what's going on here. It is a... As a reminder, they've both supported various mayoral candidates. They're both suing each other. There's been emails that have become public where they're, you know, talking about schemes and mocking each other. Uh, last week, the um, <laughs> the uh, Balmer's group sued or at least filed paperwork in court as a part of the lawsuit claiming the MSG had tampered with a witness. Madison Square Garden, um, which owns uh, the forum, had tampered with the witness. So we, that's one update. And then the second update is this is not just a fight in in Los Angeles. Um, yesterday there was a, a city council um, election in Seattle. And in Seattle, MSG um, and Jim Dolan are tied to the group that's uh, renovating Key Arena where the new NHL team will play. And Balmer is tied to the group that is trying to build a new arena. Um, they're still trying to build a new arena there to draw an NBA team. And Ballmer was a part of that group, and he owns a bunch of land there where he could potentially profit from a new arena and a new arena development. And they were on both sides of the city council debate backing different candidates up there. And they haven't What's got all the Dolan's results in tie yet, there? Um, he's, he's tied into the group that, run, that is renovating Key Arena. 
just like he's tied in the same operation that runs the forum in LA. So they're they're battling up there. They're battling in Inglewood. Not much of a battle on the court though. So just keeping up to date on that. All right. Well, thanks for listening to Hoop Collective Podcast. Thank you, McMahon. Thank you, Jackie. Enjoy your games, and I will talk to you next week. <laughs>